Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Stephen Perrin is the offering management lead for automotive and connected vehicles for Watson IoT. In this role, he provides business consulting and technical expertise in the areas of connected vehicle and enterprise mobility to launch new solutions for IBM. He coordinates strategy, business development, marketing, sales, and development in support of these solutions. Mr. Perrin has quite a background, and today we're very, very excited to talk about his new book, My Cognitive Automobile Life, Digital Divorce from a Cognitive Personal Assistant. Welcome to INI. Thank you. Well, I tell you, we just had quite um, a pre-show discussion, so many different ways that our conversation could travel down today, and we're going to dovetail all of it in. You've got a broad, amazing background in a very, very vertical area. Talk to us, uh, give us a quick overview of your background and maybe some of the leadership learnings you've had along the way. 25 years with IBM, so kind of surprising in today's culture, but started out on the technical side, uh, learning about manufacturing solutions, actually been around automotive most of my career as IBM, then transitioned into consulting and services, joined um, those areas, and then went out, started in basically the connected vehicle space at that time, as OnStar and the first solutions started getting into connected cars and then grew that experience in that area ultimately to what's now called the internet of things and you know connecting appliances and other products from companies to a two-year assignment in japan doing business development uh, as well around the internet of things to now back and working the automotive product you discussed and i think from a leadership standpoint if i you know kind of look back over this career in leading practices or consulting practices or client engagements you know i've kind of really built my career on kind of a passion for understanding um, the industry and and really trying to get close to understanding my clients' problems, not thinking just as much about what my solution does, but really that more that customer focus and making sure I understand their problems so that we bring the right things to the table. And then using trust and building relationships to be able to deliver on those types of things. Well, you've got, as I said, an incredible background um, with IBM, certainly connecting the dots uh, with all things, um, you know, customer-focused, experiential, marketing the whole nine yards. And and you dovetail this all within, you know, I mentioned IoT uh, in the onset of the interview, the Internet of Things. Talk to us some more about precisely what that is and the importance that we as marketers need to understand in connecting more with the customer regarding this. Yeah, so that's one thing actually you don't hear a lot of people talking about when they and when they reference the Internet of Things is this whole connecting to the customer part. And that's really one of the foundational things behind it. And what we did in the book is we used an example of the connectivity that people are much more familiar with now because it's been around for much longer. So when you say OnStar and the airbag and safety and security, people typically have heard of commercial or know somebody that was in an accident and and really can relate to that. But when you start to look at other industries, and what we tried to do in the book was draw some parallels and use some frameworks to say, hey, here's how any company that, you know, brand or product company can start to think about how they want to connect with their customers and use some of those kind of lessons learned. Because it is difficult. I mean, if you take, for example, when appliances first started getting connected, I mean, here's companies that have been building products for many years, just like automotive, and they really never 
never had that true kind of marketing or connection to their customer. Um, they sold through places like Lowe's and Home Depot. They weren't uh, you know, some uh, maybe like a Sears had a store, but you know they really go back to the b- big brands like Electrolux and, and Whirlpool. They weren't really you know focused on what to do with customer and customer information, right? And right. then all of a sudden you connect the product. There they have a mobile app. They're getting the customer's name. They're getting real time feedback on their products, and you know it's really kind of changing. And it really you know. And all of a sudden now their marketing team and their product development teams, just like an automotive, this organizational structures have to change how you want to deal with clients and how you're now dealing with a product outside of what was a traditional product development life cycle, right, to now products that are, you know, after the product is sold. So, and that really opens people's eyes. Well, and, and you bring up, you know, a couple examples in the automotive industry and of course appliances, but if we think more broadly, Broadly, there are, you know, that thing component of IoT is is huge. It could be heart monitoring implants, you know, the biochips that we have in our dogs and our cats or our farm animals, even uh, streaming um, of wild animals, you know, in, in coastal waters, all sorts of things, DNA devices. There are so many things things that end up in that thing, part of IoT, that I would ask our audience right now to really broaden their thought process regarding their product or service and how the word thing in the sense of IoT fits within their area. Talk to us more about the broad areas that you've worked in with IoT to open up our thought process. One of the areas and some things that we defined in the book that actually came from uh, some IBM research was this what we call self-enabling themes or the self-enabling vehicle, right? So if you, and I'll make some parallels to automotive and how you can then take that to other industries. So those, well, and, and, and I'm going to say something right now. Automotive, there's a reason why so many people in business typically go back to automotive <laughs> as an example, and it's because they've done a lot of things right and and they. Really really do lead the charge, I think, from a technology uh, standpoint. So go back to automotive as much as you want is what I'm telling you, Stephen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So so the themes that, that, that we um, used in the book, and, and, and obviously the first one, self-driving, is super popular and super hyped in marketing right now, what's going on in that area. So that's one of the things. Self-socializing is kind of another theme. We'll talk about that. Self-integrating, self-configuring, self-learning, self-healing. So there's these six themes. And even if you look at another industry, self-driving for a car, if you look at it more as a sense of automation or doing something more in a natural way than, you know, in the typical human controlled way, you can really start to apply these things. And I think that the biggest one that relates to leadership, this type of show, these types of these types of audiences is when you look at self-socializing, right? Self-configuring, specifically those two, because socializing, now you're seeing, we were talking about people who are listening to podcasts and vehicle and you have XM and you have many different forms of entertainment or how you can connect. You're connecting the podcast from your phone or they're coming in over the air, right? And then you're also starting to see cars socialize, right? So in a, in a way, um, what Waze does when you're sharing these events that are happening around, everybody's familiar with traffic, right? And that's cars sharing the location to ultimately figure out traffic and, you know, plop on your TomTom or whatever you use now, right? The, the, the little red, you know, yellow, green lines. You know, now 
now Waze is bringing that to the next level here, and others are going to take it even further, right? Where now there's, you know, okay, here's where the speed trap is. Here's where there's an accident. All being reported by social means. So that's people and cars. Cars can report potholes, you know, all of these kinds of things. But for any product type company, you have to start thinking about, are there ways that my product will socialize, right? You know, or what will it want to interact with in a, in a larger uh, ecosystem, right? And then in that ecosystem, I come back to self-configuring, right? Because also what you're seeing with cars and these new types of Internet of Things devices is you're moving from what was a generic experience, right, to a personalized experience. And, you know, that meaning now when I get in my car, it can tell me, hey, there's a Starbucks coming up. You look tired. Would you like to stop? Well, it knows I like Starbucks. I do, you know, you know. These new personal assistants and all of these things, right, have learned information about you that they can now personalize that experience. So that really can start to relate to even companies that don't have things, right? So how are you, Starbucks? How are you going to get out and socialize and be parts of these new personal, they're, what they're called skills and, you know, with Alexa, you know, how can brands get their products and get connected so I can just say, you know, order my uh, pizza from Vinny's or whatever, right? right? Now- um, you mentioned experience and you're you're creating experience you know in in the mindset of our listeners today as you're providing this example and and what it really boils down to for the Starbucks of the world is the experiential marketing that ultimately can dovetail with IoT do you have any additional uh, great examples that you can share with our audience today of brands that are doing this very, very well? Let's see. I would certainly, and I, I don't know all the brands, and IBM was involved too as well with the GM marketplace and the different things that GM's been doing. And now certain brands, and I know that's very popular. I happen to mention the coffee, but um, right. gas stations as well, right? Where people like to stop. What, you know, people tend to be, you know, some people will just stop at any gas station when they need gas or they have their particular place. As they stop, right? But that's another great area where you can personalize things. Certainly, all of those things related to mobility and travel for people who me as a consultant traveling, um, whether it's around the world or even within the U.S., my favorite hotels, right? My favorite rental companies, right? How can those companies constantly interact? Right and 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 get to be a part of you know my personal assistant of the future, right? So that it can tell me about the rooms, right? Because you think of it now, it's it's very app focused on phones. If you want something, you have to go to the particular apps to get there. It's more that you know Alexa already breaks that mold. Right. And now you're trying to figure out how do I fit into Alexa's ecosystem or Apple Home or Google Home or whatever. Right. It's so, very George Jetson, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, and, <laughs> and half and, of our uh, audience has no idea what I'm referring to right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that ages some of us. But uh, yeah. So all of those things that are happening are certainly, I see the biggest changes organizationally between product development and marketing in these companies and even IT, because IT never typically dealt with engineering. Right? They dealt with IT systems and engineer and product guys were completely different and they weren't used to dealing with marketing. So all these companies you know, have to be organized differently and they have to understand differently. And marketing actually is one of the huge benefactors in all of this, right? You know, Back to the appliance example or any example where you're getting customer information and you can personalize it, right? You think how unpersonalized an ad is for the Super Bowl and how crazy all those numbers are, you know? But when you can create that one-on-one interaction, 
right? Right. So much better in building and driving that, you know, so, you know, those loyalty programs, how do you sync the loyalty programs? How do you associate those with Alexa and Apple and, and all of those different areas? Well, so. and one of the great things is for some of our listeners today, I'm sure you're thinking, my God, this is just way too big for us. How do we go ahead? You know, we're not that big. We may not have that big a national footprint or we, we don't have the marketing dollars to make it happen. But there is a lot of geo-targeting right now with Alexa. So you can take that model and geo-target within a confined geographical territory with tools surrounding that. So don't sell yourself short and at least take the thought process that we're discussing right now and think what you can do to customize your audiences. Uh, Certainly, social advertising is a great way to make those sort of things happen. Now, I want to move us along here. One of the things that we talk about quite a bit on this show is a a concept uh, that we refer to as competitive intercept. Competitive intercepting allows a brand to intercept a customer while they are engaging with the competition. And there are a lot of very simple ways to make that happen, very sophisticated ways. But you just use your imagination with what we're talking about today. And my gosh, it's incredible what one could do. Can you give us an example of how you've used this similar approach with some marketing? Yeah, you can really see it. Back to the car example and the GM marketplace, right? Or or even how Google does it today. I'll switch to Google and how they do it on Google Maps. But you know, the, the, a point of interest, right? All this, uh, a lot of this in-car marketing and some of the things that you see on Google, right? Even if you just ask about points of interest, you know, or food around you, right? At any given time. And of course, somebody paid Google for something to be at the top of the list, right? So this intercept would be somebody being second or third down, right? Now knowing that a customer is close, they're typically you know, they're not paying for the top spot, but occasionally, based on some other criteria, the type of car or something else, they may want to say, okay, you know, car company or map company, right? I'll pay you to, now I'm not at the top, but I'll pay to put an offer out there to maybe, you know, again, develop some type of new relationship with the customer based on some type of offer, right? Uh, or, you know, coupon or discount or something like that. Exactly. Right? So that's a great example of that. Now, it's, it's interesting. We're talking about the automotive industry. That's a, that's a cross of automotive and mobile mobile, by the, by the way. Um, anyways, we, we've talked a lot about automotive and, and they truly did pave the way for so many technologies that we're all use, utilizing left and right today. But it's very interesting how, from a competitive intercept standpoint, the likes of Uber and Car2Go are really mm. impacting that industry. Can you comment on that thought? Yeah, I think it's a great example. I mean, when you think about you know leadership and type of consulting and strategy and vision type things that I've done internally or, or externally with clients, right? When you know industries and companies should never rest on you know their laurels and should always be thinking about this kind of disruption, right? Because when you first started talking to mobility to an OEM, you know if you went back, you know pre-Uber, which, what is it now, over, certainly over five years ago, I think. Right. But uh, you go back and, you know, you talk to the OEMs while they were like, well, well, wait, wouldn't that impact car sales? You know, if people are ride sharing or car sharing, I don't really want to deal with anything that's going to impact car sales, right? So, you know, they really didn't. And then they're like, ah, we played with that whole rental industry a few years ago because there were OEMs that own rental companies, played with that. That really didn't work for us, you know. So, oh, no, we'll kind of let this thing go. And then, you know, look what happens. A company, I mean, at one point, Uber had the evaluation over General Motors. I mean, that's incredible when you think about it. So, and that's just putting digital, right? And a better way to connect to your customer on a mobile app and creating, a, you know, a, basically a whole new type of, you know, mobility 
on a product that some company's been making, you know, that now it's totally out of their hands, right? Unless well, they get back involved in it, right? Which they are. And they, they want to be and they see these, you know, the importance of autonomous and other modes of transportation and being a part of that because then, you know, because if their car becomes the physical part becomes irrelevant, they're in trouble, right? Right. It's amazing. We talk so much in marketing about how technology is changing the way we market, and it makes us all crazy because we'd love to be ahead of that, right? We'd love marketing to be changing the way technology is pushed into the marketplace. And it is very, very hard to stay ahead of the revolution, the innovation, and the constant change. What advice can you provide our listeners today regarding how they can really take to heart you know, the crux of the book here and, and learn what they can ultimately do to intersect their audiences with marketing and, and a lot of the experiential side of things that, that, you're, that you mentioned today. Towards the end of the book, we set up some frameworks and we think more strategically for these other brands to say, all right, look at these self-enabling themes, look at some other things to say, okay, how and what do I want to set the objective for this product to be, right? So let's take a, take a simple example and go back to one of the other themes that I mentioned earlier, self-healing, right? Well, if you're an air conditioning company that even does more of the industrial type HVACs, you're not probably so much worried about marketing and customer interaction as, you know, if that's units used to, to heat, you know, a facility or whatever, or hospitals or whatever. I mean, this, this, it's more important that you're diagnosing, right, and being a part of fixing and, and keeping your customer happy in that regard. Are, right, so you certainly are going to put over socializing. Right, self healing is going to be more important. Right, so not every product, not every, and actually the car companies will do it different. Some are still going to focus on the driving experience, not the automation experience, and some are more focusing on the mobility part. Right, or the, some of the marketing pieces that we talked about, others aren't. So, and it's the same thing with other products. You need to go to these themes and understand or set your targets to say. Where do you want to be in relation to these in two or three years, right? Do you really want to focus on, you know, the connection to the customer or the connection to healing or the connection to, you know, learning? You see a lot of things now that are just basically out there to, to learn and gather information about you, right? I think looking at that can help any company, you know, with their strategy and using that to then say as they go to these organizations, hey, we're not building this so that it's going to be the most coolest mobile app and all of that. And sure, you, you don't want some remote monitoring and notification, you know, when the air conditioner goes out or something. But, you know, that's not as personalized or as interactive as something like an Alexa is, right? right. Or, you know, someone's, you know, interaction that they're uh, um, having with Surrey or, you know, one of the other types of personal assistance today. So so that's the type of thing as I think of with other businesses to look at and engage, you know, and, you know, like on what are the steps, right? Hey, obviously you got to get connected first, right? And what does that level of connectivity mean? It may be some simple type of connectivity with the product, more connectivity on a mobile app, social thing like so, than what people traditionally think about, say, with the connected car, right? Right. Um, you know, well, all it, of it's just slightly different, depends on where your priorities are. It is, and I love that because, again, you've just proven the point that it doesn't matter what brand you have, whether you are marketing a product or a service, whether it's B2B tech, retail, CPG, and a million other industries out there, you can take this concept and apply it to the way you conduct business and really create those experiences with uh, your customers. I tell you, this has been actually a very, very interesting conversation, Stephen uh, Perrin. Thank you so much for your appearance on the Integrate and Ignite 
podcast. And let's remember, move to a generic to a personalized experience with IoT will really, really help facilitate that thought process of differentiation and quite frankly, disruption in the marketplace. Thank you for your appearance today. Thank you, Lori. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avocetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.